Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The uh, busy Padres offseason well underway. Bob Melvin officially out. Who will be the next manager of the San Diego Padres? We'll discuss some candidates here tonight. And Juan Soto's future in jeopardy, potentially. Andy Martino, SNY, reporting that there has been at least a preliminary talk between the Padres and the Yankees about moving the star slugger at some point this offseason. John and Jim with you here on the wrap-up show. As you make your way in, please subscribe year-round content for Padres fans and for baseball fans smash the like button for us if you wouldn't mind follow us on Twitter if you wouldn't mind at John Schaefer at Jim Russell SD we'll get to every single super chat here tonight just click the dollar sign below the chat box I see one just rolled in from our buddy Delta J Ford we'll get to that in a moment click the dollar sign below the chat box and also if you'd like to become a member you can click the join button down below you will get custom emojis and badges what are you talking about we just is this you? Oh, is this us? Yeah, I was joking because Fadden asked me if I'm high, and I said, "Yeah, I ate three gummies before the show." <laughs> oh, because I was wondering because this looks different. This one said the Padres wrap up show, and this one says, "Oh, this one's Twitch." I'm an idiot. Which? Yeah, you are. Just I'm like, an idiot. What are you doing? What are you I doing? Don't know. I don't know. Well, first of all, Jim is has the sniffles and the sneezes yeah. and the coughs and the blah blah blah, and it's only getting worse because when I saw you two o'clock, it was starting to get bad. Yeah. But here we are, yeah. six hours later, and it looks like you're now gonna die. Yeah, bad, yeah. Some people say you need to go to rehab. Um, okay, we're gonna get to the supers yeah. here in yeah. a moment. Um, okay. We're re- we're reacting to the news of the day, which is Bob Melvin officially out. Um, you know, he didn't have much to say about his time in San Diego, for being honest. And then AJ Preller, um, I guess, was basically AJ Preller at the end of the day. And now the managerial search gym is underway for the San Diego Padres. So, start with Melvin. And it was interesting his opening remarks, like, had nothing to do with San Diego, like, literally nothing. And it wasn't until I think, like, the second or third question 
that he even mentioned San Diego. It was like the situation in San Diego referred to it as a narrative that if he stayed mm-hmm. there would have cl- cast this cloud over the season type of thing. And I get that from, I, I understand that. And I, I, I look at it two ways. One, the narrative, Bob, it wasn't a narrative. Like it's a, it's a real thing that you helped contribute to how much I, I don't know, but and I still blame AJ Preller for the most part here, but don't tell me it's a narrative. It's like a real thing. You guys didn't get along. If you guys got along, you wouldn't be at a podium wearing the San Francisco Giants jersey. That's one. Two, uh, I just didn't. Uh, I didn't like his. Well, you know, I was uh, always envisioning when I came here as manager, as a visiting manager, that man, I wish I could work there one day. So when you were the manager of the Padres, you were thinking to yourself, man, I, I wish I could be the manager over there. That just didn't sit right with me. Um, doesn't mean I'm like now against Bob Melvin for everything that's happened here. I just, those two things didn't particularly sit right with me from, from Bob. The thing that surprised me a little bit with Melvin, and he, he's typically, if nothing else, very professional. And I don't think he did anything today that was overly egregious. I agree with you on... Hey, I envision myself managing the other dugout. That was weird to me. But the fact that in his opening statement, he didn't acknowledge like the Padres players or like Padres fans, like you had 3.2 million fans this year and you're leaving in like this, like unsettled mess. Like you told the AP earlier this month, you'll be back and you're excited. Like no recognition of that in your opening statement. Like, you know, this is too good of an opportunity to pass up. Um, I expected to be back in San Diego. I love that team. There were some issues with the front office, but I had great relationships with those fans and those players, and I'm disappointed to leave, but I'm excited for this new chapter. Like It would have been very easy to do that, and he didn't do that, which was with intent, clearly. Um, so to your point, the narrative was was factual. There were issues. There was a divide. He wanted out. The Padres organization wanted out from underneath it. They both get what they want. At the end of the day, let's get to some of the supers that are rolling in. Guys, if you are here, subscribe. Um, if you are here, thank you for the super chats. Click the dollar sign below the chat box. We do appreciate your support of the channel. We'll be with you for the next hour. Let's get started with Delta J Ford. Interesting start um, to the wrap up show tonight. He says, We'll see AJ in hell. Uh, I, no, I don't, I think we're going a little far here. Even if AJ Preller has not done a good job as president of baseball operations in our estimation, I don't think it's that far egregious even if he has lost bob melvin and even if it is his fault but hopefully tongue-in-cheek there from delta j ford um and then this from obviously, Kenny- obviously john what do you think he's being serious come on give me a break 100 serious no doubt about it he's got to be serious um and then kenny stuff who says uh in preller we trust which is kind of the opposite of delta j ford um in regards to that i mean again I, we've said this before i'm like I, i'm not really in the position where i'm going to like Defend Preller tooth and nail. Certainly, you're not either. Um, I don't know. Nine years in, and it's like you've lost your manager, and now your general manager is going to make another managerial hire. I, I don't. I don't know how much trust a lot of Padres fans have in AJ Preller right now. I know there's like a couple out there that will defend Preller to the nth degree, um, a couple of his cronies, but um, it's what have you done for me? as the general manager of the team and all he has done 
is lose and have underwhelming seasons and not go to World Series, not win World Series. I mean, it's 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 a pretty easy like for me why he should not be the general manager anymore. And anybody out there that will defend him, I just it's such an easy argument to like anything someone says about Preller. What's his record? How many World Series has he won? How many division titles? How many postseason appearances has he been in? How many managers has he gone through? Oh, okay, really? I rest my case. Like it's not it's not hard to poke any holes into anybody that that believes AJ Preller is something that he's not, which is a good general manager. I agree with that. I do think that like some of the stuff we've talked about over the last 24 hours where it's like, you know, just get into the postseason and you're giving yourself a chance to win in the postseason. I do think that's accurate. Phillies 2022, 80-something wins. Diamondbacks 2023, 84 wins. And like during the season, you're not thinking, hey, the Diamondbacks are a World Series caliber club. At one point, I thought they were left for dead and they were under 500 in August um, and dug out of that. Your, your point's valid. I mean, they're not winning 100 games in a season. You don't really have to anymore, but it's still fair. They're not winning divisions. You don't really have to anymore. Um, but it's fair. But, I mean, I think I would take, like, what's going on right now with the Diamondbacks? 84 wins. What Padre fan wouldn't take that? 84 World wins Series? trips to the World Series, right? Pretty good result. Every Padre fan would take, doesn't matter how many wins, 75 wins if they somehow made the postseason and they made the World Series, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Um, SJL Stevens, thank you for your membership and for this very generous super chat. He says, can we briefly explain the difficulties being a lame duck manager um, in a final year that may encourage one to leave? I know Bob Melvin did. um, He did bring that point up specifically today in San Francisco, saying he had one year left in his deal um, and talked about this narrative. He didn't want that to be the story, especially with only one year left in his deal. I wasn't exactly sure where he was going. There were other managers in baseball this year that were in final years of contracts, including Craig Council, who's now interviewing with the New York Mets this week. Um, I think it's it's doable, but if you have a three-year deal on the table and you've got one year left on your current deal, I think most managers would prefer the three years and that stability to having a final year. Yeah, and he, he got a three-year deal from the Giants. Uh, so he has now stability now along with Farhan, who has a three-year deal as well, so they're matching up as well. I don't know if that's like a a ten-year or a fifteen-year job, like it was with Bruce Bochy when he got it. it, Max, one more contract, right? Maybe one more three-year deal. But other than that, it's it's, it's not going to be. It's not going to be this long ten-year process. It's it's going to be a all right. You got three years. Let's build, and if we can build something then we'll maybe add on uh, another three-year deal. Um, What's your over? My over-under is three years. For Bob? Yeah. Yeah. I'll take... uh, Take the over? I'll take the over, but just slightly. Maybe... I don't know. That means he he, he would get another contract. Um, Or extend it after, like, let's say this year they made the postseason with 87 wins, and then they just add a year to the back. Maybe. I don't know. It it depends who they sign, how long those people sign for. Um, I, I just say, don't think he's long for anywhere. I mean, the Oakland thing, he was there for a while, but Seattle, Arizona, years. San Diego. I don't know. He's in his 60s now. Maybe. maybe yeah, maybe, maybe it was just San Diego. Maybe San Diego is the problem. 
and he'll be stable in San Francisco. He'll be there until he's 73 and he retires. I mean, maybe. And we won't know him for another at least three years, but if, if Bob, like you said, stays for longer than three years in, in San Francisco, then the outlier is 100% proler. <laughs> right. And, 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 and also, it's going to be fascinating to see how long the new manager will last in San Diego. Another good point. Because whatever contract is given out to probably like Mike Schilt, right? He'll get a three-year deal, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming, to match yep. up with Miller, whose contract ends in 2026. Does sh- who who lasts the longest, Schilt or Preller or whoever is hired? No, who lasts the longest, Schilt or, or Melvin? And you'd be like minus 650, Melvin. Yeah. Right. Who, yeah. Whoever is hired next in San Diego, Melvin will be the clear favorite to outlast that manager just because of the instability of AJ Preller's tenure in San Diego. Plus, how safe is AJ Preller? If, if this team misses out again, He's not safe. I don't care what we all believe about Peter Seidler and stability and his relationship and his belief in AJ Preller. It's just at some point the dominoes fall, and that would have to happen in 2024 if they miss out again. Uh, Triple D, Avi Triple D, thank you for the super. Appreciate you hanging out, guys. If you're here, please subscribe. If you're here, thank you for the supers. Just click the dollar sign below the chat box. Busy offseason underway for the Padres discussing Melvin. We'll talk about Juan Soto. We'll talk managerial candidates as well. Um, he says it just sucks that as much as I dislike AJ and as much as I want him gone, as a Padres fan, I have to root for him to help this team succeed regardless. Yeah, I think that's a that's a wonderful super chat. I think it's an interesting way to look at it. But yeah, I mean, if you're anti-Preller, you're not anti-Padres, so you have to kind of root for this to to work to some extent. This this is the exact point of every Padres fan out there. It's the exact point of how I feel. I'm sure you feel that talking about AJ Preller as much as we do yeah, and the tough. failures that he's had, it's not like we're sitting here hoping they lose next year so Preller can get fired. He'll do that on his own. He, he's I I would be shocked if he makes it to his 2026 end of the 2026 year. With this contract still intact, uh, I think he's gonna he's gonna get fired. Like if I would put the odds on favor, like how does Preller leave this organization? It's by being fired. Um, Even with the expanded postseason, though, like doesn't that give him those outs? That like you you know what I mean? Like we can't. They could win eighty five games and get into the postseason, and like doesn't that change the equation or the math on Preller's future a little bit? Well, well, here's the the big thing, John, that you're forgetting. They have to get to eighty five wins first. And they've only done that one that time crazy? in nine years. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. And and so rooting for this team and wanting this team to succeed, all Padres fans feel that. And it's like, well, shit, they win. Preller is going to be viewed even more highly in regard by this front office and Peter Seidler. But you don't want them to lose. But losing gets Preller likely gone. So it's like, shit, I guess everybody's got to root for this team. and. And just say, hey, whatever. If they win, they win. And if Preller's in charge of it, then so be it. But at least they won. Or at least they'll be winning. Ask but yourself this. Is the next general manager better? Because we don't know. Like, are you going to get your pick of the litter type general manager? Or is it going to be a question mark and an unknown? And someone that's going to have to prove it 
to the Padres fan base and the organization. Like the odds of it being Theo Epstein are much less than it being an assistant GM with the Rays that is going to have, you know, to prove his ability to do it as a GM elsewhere. I've said this. I don't know if the new GM in the future, whenever that person, he or she gets hired, uh, is going to be better than this. <laughs> right. But what I do know is AJ Preller is not good enough right now. So that is my rationale to this whole thing and, and has been the whole entire time why I think Preller does not deserve uh, to remain president of baseball operations is because I know what he is and it's not good. I don't know if the new GM would be good. I just know that what is in place right now is not good enough. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's well said. Um, Talon, thank you for the Talon or Talon, but thank you very much for the super chat. We do appreciate it. He says we should go to 1090. Um, how come? To be because the thing with 1090 right now, and maybe you know, 10 years ago, you're probably right, to be honest with you. 10 years ago, it's great. Yeah, but 1090 now isn't really live local programming. So, and we they got take a signal, podcast and they throw them on the radio. And, and our signal on 760 is just as strong now as 1090. So, th yeah. there's definitely validity. 1090's like legacy in the market is significant, but their current setup is not what it used to be. So, I think 760 with live programming. Um, it's probably more advantageous for me and Jim than it would be to be on 1090. But if it was 10 years ago, sign us up. We'll Thank you for the hacksaw in the morning. Yeah. Is he on? No. Okay. Um, okay. Let's get to uh, our buddy Richard. Richard, very generous. Thank you so much for your super chat. Do appreciate Thanks, that, Richard. man. Seriously. Um, he says, with San Francisco and LA with money to spend, D-backs making a statement, San Diego more than ever needs immediate help. That's a good point. Uh, Padres front office needs an outside voice to do a full audit on the organization and what future moves can be done or a new GM. Uh, that's spot on. I mean, it's spot on. San Francisco is, you know, uh, full throttle heading into 2024. They'll spend LA's LA. Um, and Arizona, this is a remarkable run that we're seeing now in the modern baseball playoffs. The teams are capable of doing this. I don't know how sustainable it is, but it may be, and they might win the world series. I mean, they, right. <laughs> They're in it. So, um, it's interesting. And like nobody asked today, there were two questions I would have liked to hear. One of which was, you are you it. still considering no chance? Um, <laughs> are you still considering hiring a general manager? I'd like an update there. Um, the other question I think would have been of interest is, did you offer Bob Melvin an extension? Here's the answer the is probably no. Yeah, you, you, that's, you know the answer there because he's in San Francisco right now. Right. I bet you if they offered him a three-year extension, he might have been like... I was just thinking oh. one year. Yeah, who knows? Here's the secret. Here's the dirty little secret. Um, AJ Preller doesn't think that it's as bad as everyone thinks and says it is. You know why? Because nothing's changing. If it was as bad as it everybody thinks and says it is, and it, that it's reported on, there would probably be a lot of movement happening. And there's not, and there, there was movement in 2021, but it was like shit that didn't matter. Okay, like in the grand scheme. No, it mattered. You're talking about when they got rid of Tingler. I'm talking about uh, like behind Director the scenes player stuff. development. Yeah, like behind the scenes stuff. Okay. But they also changed their manager. 
They did, and that was a that they had to change their manager. But then look what happened. I mean, it didn't really mean didn't matter because AJ's still AJ and he's still the same person. And he's and 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 to think now that AJ's big light bulb of how to fix things is to be more involved when it's already reported and kind of a pretty well-known thing is already how involved he is on shit that like managers hate and players don't understand and people in the organization don't understand and the micromanaging is a real thing and I don't think he thinks that's as bad as it is, guys. I really think that Preller look views this as like, if these people were reporting on me, I don't know shit. It's not that bad here. Yeah, but you know what? Maybe, maybe, or maybe he's saying that publicly, like that's the front-facing face that he's putting on. But the whole, we don't put much credence into anonymous quotes, and then your manager walking out of the door, which basically lends credibility to the you know the anonymity of oh, some yeah. of these sources like that win. makes it's you a major look, win for journalism well it's and a major loss for aj preller i, I mean yeah. here's the thing what aj preller is going to say publicly may or may not be how he actually feels behind closed doors no nobody has any idea he speaks to the media for 30 minutes seven times a year what about the other 360 days we're not you know privy to what's going on behind closed doors so what he's saying in those 30-minute media scrums is not necessarily what he's actually conveying behind the scenes or what he's actually thinking. He's got to put on a face publicly that is of strength as representing the organization. In fact, he, he made that clear today when – I don't know if it was Bernie or who asked a question about just like, I don't know, dysfunction. It's like, I don't know. He's like, I'm the president of baseball operations and the general manager. Like, yeah, I'm going to be a part of these decisions, and I, you know – disagree with your assessment he wasn't saying that but it's like what is he supposed to say jim other than to back his own cause and to to prop himself up what what would you do what i do what would you do if you're the nine-year general manager you make yourself look bad or are you going I would, to i would go hard in on accountability not of yourself and, and... <laughs> why not because that's not because you'd be protecting yourself why you you don't hear people job but you don't hear people take accountability for for failing not really general managers i mean no not 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 typically really? and he's and he, the thing is no matter what he would say and i said this earlier and you know it's right no matter what he says you're going to be critical of what he says and i am as well but like he didn't not take responsibility today he didn't say like this is bob melvin's issue not ours he just yeah, defended well, he, the organization, which how could you not? I mean, that's literally his job. That's who he works for. That's his employer. Like that's where I think sometimes you're get, we're getting it like a little backwards here. Like, what do you want? He's not a member of the media. He works for Peter Seidler. Right. What What is he supposed to say that the organization's in a tough spot and it's well, my he, fault? He said what he what he needed to say, and that was um, what he thought was right, which was. This place is amazing. People want to work here. We've gotten calls from so many people that want to be the manager of this right. team. Um, so, I, I mean, look, he's going to say things to make the organization yeah. look really good. Or better than than we perceive it to be. 
but it all comes off as such a so, so disgenuous, just disingenuous and bullshit. When the proof's in the pudding, they don't win. They deal with dysfunction every other year. They go through managers every other year, and it's reported every other year how people don't like working there or people have had problems working there or people that currently work there are telling Dennis Lynn, I don't know who'd want to come here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Dude, I, here's the issue. A couple of things. When you are not winning, like this isn't, I'm, I'm not defending AJ Preller. I really have no desire to do it, but I'm telling you that if, if there's ever been a, a situation in the history of baseball, you got a nine year GM and you're coming off a losing year and you've had eight of nine losing seasons. It does not surprise me at all that people are discrediting the job of the general manager. And it's actually more of a, poor look for Peter Seidler than it is for AJ Preller, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. Like, if John and Jim is the worst radio show in San Diego, but we're kept on the air for nine it years, is. we're not going anywhere. Like, why would we're not gonna we're not gonna expose that fact until someone makes a determination? Like, why would you let John and Jim to be on the air for nine years, create no revenue or ratings? That's on you. It's not on John and Jim. That's the way I look at this. If it's such a failure, Jim, and I agree, if it's such a failure that's slapping everyone in the face and the ownership group is doing nothing about it, then how's it AJ Preller's problem? Because he's causing everything. Yeah, but okay, so he should hand in his resignation letter? I'm not saying he should. But you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Like, so it. When you allow someone to go down a path, you're allowing them to do it. All right, so then it's, it's all Peter enabled, Seidler's fault. They've so enabled it. And you're going to blame all of it on Peter. And I'm not No, like, but I'm saying what has more of the blame at this point, if it's such a failure, the person that's allowing it to occur or that the person that's doing the job that's been a failure, I would probably say the person that's allowing it to occur. And I'm not trying to put it solely on Peter's lap because of what's going on with his health. And there's other people that are representing that ownership group as well. It's not just Peter Seidler representing ownership he's not the only person that makes these decisions i'm just saying you you tell me that i mean is that crazy to say that peter seidler is responsible for aj preller remaining in his position when according to a number of people including yourself and most people that follow the organization it's been a failure for eight of the last nine years yeah i've said that i've said that that peter is a problem now i've said that but 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 you're saying not as much of a problem as asia well AJ is left to his own devices to do things that don't help this team win and end up causing this team to lose off more often than not. Am I going to, and whenever, whenever AJ makes moves, it was just, Hey, you know what? It's not his fault. It's Peter's fault because Peter allowed him to make a move. Or am I going to like actually blame the guy that made the move? Jim, at the end of the 2023 season, they were 82 and 80 with a $253 million payroll and they missed out in the postseason. Yeah. So, and guess who's still employed? I know. So, so you want me to not blame 
It's everybody's fault. That's everyone's fault that he's still employed? He employs himself? Well, it's everyone's fault for the season, but it's Peter and then who's, who employed okay. him. But okay. You're so, now putting so then, um, what I what I'm getting from you is you are putting majority of the blame now on Peter. Because that's what you're saying. I'm you are saying putting if you majority say that, of the blame I'm on the guy AJ Preller, that let AJ you, stay in, in charge. If you're saying AJ Preller's been a failure for the last nine years, the guy that's keeping him for a tenth is a bigger problem than AJ Preller returning. Okay. Well, okay, so then you're saying that Peter's the bigger problem now. I'm saying it's a big problem that if you're coming off a $253 million payroll and you miss the target by as much as they miss the target and you allow that person to remain in his position, it's hard to blame that person as much as it is the people that enable that person to continue in their role. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. Okay. So now the, the shift is, it, this is Peter's fault. Well, the reason I'm not going to say solely it's Peter's fault, A, he hasn't been representing ownership for all those nine years. B, you could make the argument and people have, and I've made it as well, although you discredit it typically, is that 2022 had some level of value. I would it say did. 2023 was so disappointing. You're at a point that's a tipping point where you could move on. They clearly disagree with that. They're using 2022 as the reason. You, and I agree with it, and a lot of people say, well, eight of nine years, not just 2022, seven of nine years have been bad. We're well past the tipping point. Therefore, a change is necessary. I think what yeah. they're saying is give it another year. 2022 is really good. What they're what saying, saying is everything, uh, everything up to 2020 didn't matter. That's what they're saying. That that they viewed this as the start of their run and the start of AJ Preller was 2020, even though he was here for five years prior to that. And the five years prior to 2020 didn't matter. And that's why he's still employed. He kind of said that today. Um, JD's third, thank you for the super. He says, AJ can lose 100 games in 2024 and Peter will keep them. So this goes to my point. What fans think doesn't matter. They're only the only game in town. We're trapped and screwed. See, I don't see it that way. I feel like there will be a tipping point and I feel like it is 2024, but he is under contract through 2026. And if that's the case, then, then more blame would head towards Peter if he remains after 2024 and they miss the mark again. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, Peter's not absolved of this. He, The longer this goes on, the more blame he gets. But I just can't sit here and whenever AJ makes moves and whenever he has problems with managers and hire, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you know, because he made these moves, I'm not going to fully blame him. It's the guy who kept him in charge that it's the fault of. Like, yeah, it's the fault of the guy who kept him in charge, but like the dude was left at his own devices to do the shit that caused these problems. Yeah, but like the season ended. So like all those moves that we're talking about have already occurred. Any future move could be cut off at the head by just changing the leader of the front office. Like this is a simple thing that's been done by 27 of the other 30 teams since AJ Preller got hired. 27 oh. of the teams have switched GM. This isn't some crazy foreign idea to just change leadership. It happens everywhere else. I know. And I'm not saying that AJ should fire himself. I'm just saying, like, he gets a lot of blame for this. He gets a ton of blame for what has happened. I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I just, I, I feel like not all the blame. I know. And I never said all the blame goes on him. There's, I'm not I, saying that you are. And you're, yeah, the, all the blame should not go on, on AJ. 
like here's the thing and i'm if we want to blame 2023 on all groups and aj's at the top of it i'm fine with that where you know where is this public recognition of the job he did in 2022 you know what i mean like as much blame as he's gotten in 2023 i promise you this he didn't get that praise in 2022 not equal not equal praise he got praise but not equal praise i wouldn't well, say okay then what about 2021 and then what about 2019 and then what about the five years prior to that and the suspension and the trading of prospects and the hot lava talent that didn't fruition <laughs> he didn't say hot lava talent that. well you know boris the, the hot lava talent that it was dubbed i understand what you're saying i i do i i understand what you're saying i mean it's a tough spot if you were if you or i were in charge there would be a change clearly um I tend to still believe that AJ Preller's tenure isn't as disastrous as some make it out to be. I also tend to believe it's nowhere near the level it should be considering the investment of Peter Seidler and ownership in this team. And because of that is why I would make a move. I would not call him the worst general manager in baseball. I don't think it's the most, you know, this owes oh, the worst season in baseball history. I don't buy any of that even because it's not true because there have been other examples of teams that have missed the mark, including this year in baseball, Mets, Yankees, Cardinals. Okay, this year they missed the mark, but we're so close to it, so it's easy to say that. So I feel like the truth probably is not on the left or the right, so far extreme, far left or far right. It's probably somewhere in the middle, but I do think it's fair that his body of work isn't good enough and he should be relieved of the duties because every other team has done it. If any other team went through the same situation, he'd be relieved of his duties. Simple yeah. as that. And Dennis wrote today after the presser, like we are in an unprecedented time of a general manager getting all of these opportunities in baseball and continuing to fail. No general manager in the past decade has had the same resume as AJ and lasted this long. Dude, there's only two GMs of a longer tenure. Yeah, well, they have World Series. Those are that. So there's no, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's clear as day that other organizations wouldn't allow the lead time to be this significant. They wouldn't give 10 years because no other organization has given anyone 10 years other than Brian Cashman and it's crazy. Whomever, Dude, whoever's running the years. Nationals. We are coming up on 10 years of AJ Preller. That's it's a wild. Lot. It's a I lot. Remember, and I remember too, I like just started working in radio and it was like, you know, when did I start working in radio? Yeah, probably around 2014 is when AJ got hired. Everyone had the the uh, rock star GM shirt. And I was like, oh my gosh, he made the, these trades. I remember I went to the press conference. Uh, I didn't ruin it, by the way. But I went mm -hmm. to the press conference of them when they introduced Will Middlebrooks and Derek Norris and Will Myers and uh, Justin Upton and, and Andy Green was there. <laughs> it was so weird, dude. It was so weird. 10 years, man. Wow. 10 years. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, all right, guys. We're going to get back to the Super Chats and the uh, conversation in a moment. We'll talk managerial candidates. We'll discuss Juan Soto's future as well. We do want to remind you about our title sponsor here on the wrap-up show, Mark Nimitz. At Farmers Insurance, he's been with us literally since day one. We can't do this without your support. Everyone here right now live or on replay. We can't do it without the support of our partners, including our title sponsor on the wrap-up show, Mark Nimitz. If you have an insurance need, I've been telling you for years, you got to get in contact with Mark. San Diegan. Lifelong Padres fan. I've got a homeowner's earthquake and life insurance policy through Mark. 
Switch your insurance to Mark. He's going to save you $750 or more. And if you ever have a claim, he's going to take care of you. He's got great service and communication. I had a claim in here in 2022. He saved my family thousands of dollars, dozens of hours of time, if not more than that. You can get to his website by clicking the link in the description down below. You can get free quotes online. You can get free quotes by calling Mark. I'll talk to you about the Padres as well. So if you have any insurance need, get in contact with our buddy, Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance by clicking that link in the description down below. Yep, all his information is above my head, mnimitz at farmersagent.com. When you reach out to our buddy Mark, let him know that uh, John and Jim from the wrap-up show sent you. All right, let's get back to this, including the Super Chat. Guys, if you're here, subscribe. If you're here, send, uh, thank you for the Super Chats, like this one from Sam. Uh, we'll get to every Super Chat here tonight. Just click the dollar sign below the chat box. If you're here on replay, thank you for the Super Thanks. Uh, Sam says AJ's best seasons have been two seasons under Bob Melvin. Yeah, yes, 2020. I mean, which is so easy to discount because it was 60 games. But I know this, everyone would use it to their advantage if they were bad in 2020. Everyone would say, oh, they've had eight losing seasons in the nine years under AJ. Um, so yeah, his best two full seasons have been with Bob Melvin, but I mean, 2020, I think pretty good. Here's why the 2020 season annoys me. is because I think they put a lot of, what's the word? Not stock, but like, they were really proud of that season. I think that they were really proud to make the postseason that year in a 60-game season and finally end that postseason drought, right? I think they were really proud of that season. And I think everybody viewed it differently than they did, which was as time goes on. Maybe at the time it was viewed differently, because I thought it was, it was all, viewed as a huge success in San was, Diego. I remember the streets in right? 2020. Yeah, in, in 2020, absolutely. But as time goes on, we talk about the Dodgers all the time, how that year, the, every time they lose in the postseason in a regular year, that 2020 World Series looks sure. worse and worse. That's how I feel about 2020 with the Padres. Like every year that goes on, a failure, fail, like two of the last three years have been a disaster. And yes, they made the NLCS uh, last season. But I still think they put a lot of just this emphasis on how great 2020 was, and I don't really know if you, I don't know if you can do that. It's not their fault or any of the team's fault that 2020 was 2020. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like 2020 should be celebrated. Yeah, I give the Dodgers as much flack as anyone like you do on the show. But let's be honest, everyone here. Let's be honest. If the Padres won the World Series in 2020. Nobody would be, you know, trying to, whatever the word is, delegitimize it. Dude, Nobody. If they won the World Series in 2020, this organization would literally have like bobblehead parades every single night at Petco Park for that season. Correct. That would be remembered. That would be talked about all the time. And 100%. I would be sitting here saying, saying, yeah, it was great. But man, to so you got to back it up. Like it, yeah. it just means more than 162. Yeah, I agree with that. And I would agree with that. I would agree with that. So, yeah, I mean, tw I'm with, I mean, 2020 was weird. We don't know what would have happened in 162. They could have won 70 games or they could have lost I, I Met no and Clevenger at the 60 game mark. Yep. So they did. And the whole thing was weird. I mean, there were no fans. You didn't play all the teams. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was weird. It definitely was weird. But other teams had to deal with the exact same thing that was weird. They were good. 
for a brief moment in time. 2021, they were really good for half season and then really bad for half season. And that was the one in a hundred year collapse. And that's what so AJ again, back mentioned. To Peter, but back to Peter. Okay. He told us in 2021, it was a one in a hundred year collapse. Yeah. Well, then in 2023, you missed the mark by, well, you were supposed to win the World Series and you didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, so now, and again, the issue is he's going through health things. So I, that makes it more of a challenge potentially. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not privy to it, but it is weird. That's too, fair. But I'm saying like 2021 was a one in a hundred year collapse and 2023 was arguably worse than 2021. Yet we're still here having these conversations about the same people. Hey, dude, you're preaching the choir, bro. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, but also it was weird today how AJ mentioned he has talked to Peter a lot, how much involved Peter is. Right, right. Yet it's being reported that front office officials haven't spoken to Peter in weeks. Where was that? I haven't seen that. I believe it was... Might have been Dennis's. Uh, maybe Kevin. I just saw it on on. I just saw it briefly. That, that he hasn't spoken to uh, people in the front office for weeks. Yeah. Hmm. So, even like on Zoom or something, or is that maybe in person? Pro- most likely on. It's everything's probably on Zoom. I mean, you would think you over phone or something. I mean, maybe they're trying to recreate 2020 because they're not just doing everything over Zoom. <laughs> good point good point like hey you know what let's go back to 2020 because it was so great for us <laughs> right and screw everybody that says it was it was an asterisk we're going back to the ways of 2020 shit they're not even allowed probably fans next year everyone's gonna have to have a cardboard yes. cutout in the stands that's a good idea i still have mine um threw mine away did you really it was Dennis. Thank you. Thank you, Will. I knew, yeah it was Dennis tonight so that, i i need that exact line that I, that's crazy i didn't realize that I had not, I did not realize that. Don't, I can't, I don't want to look for it. Right yeah. Now, but. So, no, it's interesting. I mean, maybe though he was alluding to in person, or I have no idea. That's very interesting because to your point, AJ Preller yeah. said, um, and, and Peter Sather's been involved. And, you know, when I sit, when you hear like Peter or AJ say, yeah, well, yeah, we've talked five mm-hmm. times a day, or and like, yeah, I talked to Peter all the time. He's very much involved. And then you see the opposite reported by Dennis. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter hasn't talked to officials in the front office for like weeks. Maybe that's just other people besides AJ. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But how this whole thing transpired with Bob, it's like really hard at this moment to believe anything that AJ says. So I'm going to go with the reports that were right and and put more credence to them than AJ. Yeah, if anything, I feel like AJ would say that at the request of Seidler. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, as in be like, all is all is fine. As in say that we are communicating and that this is not a rudderless ship and that there is someone in charge. Um, thank you, Will. The Padres owner who's recovering from an August medical procedure has not spoken with some key members of the organization in several weeks. Okay, well, that doesn't nest. That's an interesting way to put it. I mean, does that mean that he has spoken with Preller? Because some means he's spoken to others, right? Some key members. Yeah, that's what I said. Maybe, maybe he's only talked to Preller. I don't know. Right. I just, look. That's interesting. Preller's on a very thin ice that anything he says, it's very hard to believe him. Like, I wouldn't think he'd be saying that, though, other than if Scyther would want him to say that, right? Like, wouldn't that make Scyther look better? Like, hey, I'm involved in the process. Do you think AJ would say yeah. that, like, on a limb? Like, hey, I'm going to say I mean, this. I mean, I don't Again, it doesn't, at this point in time, does it really, like, truly matter a lot? I don't know. I mean, they're they're in a 
a definite time of the organization where you have to change things. And uh, so I don't know. There, I don't know. I don't, like whatever. if he is this here, <laughs> last point on this, if he is this habitual liar and everyone knows it, I don't think he's a habitual liar, but I do think he's okay. a guy that will bend the truth to, uh, to his own narrative. Like the, 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 the word of the day, John was narrative, right? Um, I do think that he will answer questions that, um, fit his narrative. Um, and I don't know if, if he's like lying to people like flat out, if, um, there are, I'm sure there are a lot of times that he has not told the truth, but I think overall, his way of thinking and his way of answering questions are okay i'm gonna spin it and bring it back to what i believe is most important which is whatever the question wasn't like whatever the question you asked me i'm not gonna really answer it i'm just gonna go down my path and give yeah. you what i want to tell you so i don't think that's really lying i think that's just like creating an answer to questions that are his narrative Because you know all you know a lot that when when he's asked questions, and you're like, "Wait, did you even answer that question?" Like you get that thought a lot. Sure, I mean, but then again, talks. I've followed professional sports for my whole life, and that's kind of what happens in professional sports, right? Coaches, yeah, front but, office. That's kind of like their job. I, I get it, but I feel like he is on such an extreme that I honestly, John, get confused sometimes on. Wait, what was the question? Like, what are you what are you talking about? That wasn't even the like what? I, and I agree. Yes, it's it's the professional sport, right? Then hey, we're not going to tell the media anything. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's like from my I mean, again, I, I maybe this Melvin thing runs contrary to it. I mean, I don't feel like every time I hear AJ Preller lying or speaking, he's lying through his teeth. Um, I just feel like he's representing the the organization. And the organization protects the organization. The organization drew 3.2 million fans last year. Like they've been marketed oh. successfully. He's not going to burn it down. I promise you that. That that's not going to be what AJ Preller is going to do because that's not what he's being asked to do. Because this is a very successful organization on the non-baseball operation side right now. Um, so I, I don't really know. Again, this is where I go back to. You know, he doesn't work for himself. You know, he works mm -hmm. for someone else. Well, again. That's it's not going to happen, but maybe that's not act like you're a five time World Series championship organization. Like, maybe understand that, right? And so, give me the and, example. Oh, you know, it's things behind the scenes and, and things that like they do that I feel like they act like uh, because they're the only game in town they can do. Such as? Um, not allow media members into the press box, revoking credentials, um, not allowing... That's a whole or not other put, thing. That is not, not, with AJ. not putting uh, any players or uh, any, uh, you know, not giving anybody any interviews, right? Mm -hmm. Like, hey, you can't talk to our uh, coaching staff at all. Right, and that's, hey, for, that's all from AJ? You don't think credentials, so? credentials, credentials. Uh, 
Come on. I'm just I'm just talking about like you think we're not credentialed this past year because AJ Preller. I think we're not credentialed this past year because uh the You think that reached AJ's desk? Front office. John, bro, I'm just telling you, like I'm things asking. that they do are are like amateur hour shit. Pedro, thank you. He says, uh, was Bob the right guy to lead these group of men or this group of men? I don't see why not. Are we talking about in San Diego or San Francisco? Was he the right guy to lead this group? I don't see. Yeah, I think so. I definitely think so. I thought so, but I, I mean, he guess, I guess he wasn't. Apparently he wasn't because it didn't work out and he's not here. So he wasn't the right guy, I guess. I thought he was. I, I would have much rather have Bob Melvin as the manager than uh, whoever else is coming. <laughs> yeah, whoever else is coming, but uh, Bob Melvin and AJ Preller could not work together, and that would have been a disaster going into next season, and it would have been a dark cloud over everybody's head for as long as that relationship lasted. It is crazy how it worked in 2022, Pedro. Like, to I mean, if he was the right guy in 2022, I don't see how he wasn't the right guy in 2023. Um, and whatever happened in 2023, it completely dissolved and fractured. And from the sound of it, from the reporting, it sounds like it was kind of a two-way fracture. Like, I don't think it was solely AJ Preller's issue. Um, I think Bob Melvin probably is to blame in it as well. But I don't know. It worked in 2022. If I'm Preller, I would have done everything in my power to make it work long-term. That's what I would have done because 2022 was so successful, right? And that's what the Giants are doing. They're saying, hey, listen, we're kind of discounting 2023, but I don't think the Padres are in that position to discount 2023. Richard, thank you again. He says, as a uh, Dodger fan looking from the outside, does Peter understand his team plays in a beautiful ballpark in the heart of the gas lamp with a fan base that drew 3.2 million? Padres fans deserve better. I think, I mean, I think Peter's committed financially. I don't think it's a knock on Peter financially. I think he's committed to winning, and I think the fan base recognizes it. I think Padres fans are thrilled to have the stars that they have. Would they prefer to have a winner? Yeah, probably, but... Um, yeah, I don't think it's because Peter's not trying. Yeah, to your point there, Richard, Padres fans, I mean, pretty plain and simple. Padres fans deserve much better than this, especially the last four or five years of just the, the, the unwavering support, no matter what. And they're, they're given, a lot of times, a plate full of shit. I mean, how embarrassing. Yeah, 2022 is fun. Like, you know, like that was good. How, Padres fans. how embarrassing is it to have a th have 3.2 million fans in your ballpark and players on the team are outing to the media that they've quit in certain games? Yeah, no, that's not a good look. I mean, that's embarrassing. And to that, to that point is Padres fans deserve better than that bullshit. And they deserve yeah, better than fun. the bickering behind the scenes. And they deserve better than uh all of these reports and all of this and and just everything that's happened and transpired this season you know two three out of the last five years like that's bullshit and then there's the players <laughs> you know it's like oh yeah well the players at the end of the day like the players you know didn't players perform. Are, yeah they, they have a lot of fucking blame on their shoulders as well yeah i really do just, think so just because we're not talking about them actively a lot right now doesn't mean we don't think they deserve a shit ton of blame. It's going to be interesting to see how this narrative changes in 2024 based on how they perform. 
You know, I mean, what happens if they win in 2024? They don't have to win at that high of a level. I watched Arizona. I've seen these teams. I mean, you know, they don't have to win 100 games. So if they win, what changes? If they lose, it's obvious. But it was obvious in 2023 with them losing. But what happens if they win? What if in 2024 they bounce back, they win 85 games? They make the postseason. It's going to be interesting to see what people are saying after 2024 if they win. But if they don't, I think it's pretty clear. How next season goes, if they win, they win 85 games, they make the postseason, say they win a round, then yeah, they deserve credit for it, for sure. But the the thing here, though, is like, can you maintain that? Can you not have shit fall, like go off the tracks? Can you go to the postseason the next three straight years, right? Can you go to the postseason the next four or five years? You know, like, can you be a consistent organization with no drama no bullshit no managerial changes Hmm. no 50 million coaches in and out of the door no you know reports of dysfunction like can you do that for a prolonged period of time and longer than one year well of course but nobody can answer that you know even if they win in 2024 you can't be like well do it again well i mean that that's going to take time that'll take 2025 in order to do again. That's why I'm, I'm curious to see what will happen. Just narrative wise, is everything fixed if they win in 2024, or is there this belief that the the wheels are going to go off the tracks again? Probably a belief the wheels will go off the tracks again because that happened every other year over yeah, the last four model. years. Um, in terms of candidates, Kevin Acey reporting today that not only will Ryan Flaherty and Mike Schilt be interviewed, but Ruben Niebla will as well. Uh, AJ Perler today was asked specifically in Spanish about Benji Gill, the manager of Team Mexico in the WBC. He spoke glowingly of Benji Gill. We have Kyle Glazer from Baseball America on the show today. He said if there's a candidate the Padres should look at outside the organization, it is Benji Gill. It'll be interesting to see if he does, in fact, get an interview or not. Um, Beyond those candidates, I'm sure we'll hear a name or two externally because I'd be surprised if they didn't interview at least externally. But we're hearing... Three names, and Niebla's kind of thrown in at the last minute. I think we'd be surprised if Niebla got this job. But you're hearing Mike Schilt and Ryan Flaherty with Schilt potentially on the inside track. Do you think it'd be a mistake if they didn't uh, hire from without the outside the organization? A mistake. Um, I think they should hire the best candidate regardless of where they are. And I just hope that they're willing to go find that best candidate and they're not going to settle for something that they know as opposed to the fear of the unknown. So I would hire the best candidate because that's what's best for the organization, in my opinion, even if there's a little bit of a lag time with a new, you know, outside the organization person that comes in that has to learn the system or the organization. But Bob Melvin was that guy two years ago and they went to the NLCS. So I would hire the best candidate. How do you determine if it's the best candidate? Well, that's their job. <laughs> you know, that's their they, job. Because when they hired Jace Tingler, they thought he was the best candidate. When they yeah. hired Bob Melvin, they thought he was the best candidate. Right. You know, AJ kind of threw Andy under the bus today, which is kind of funny. Like, oh, Andy wasn't really here to win. He was here to more to right. be a placeholder. Right. Like, holy shit, dude. All right. You know, well, I guess he, he wasn't putting maybe the pressure on like he, he's saying like Andy didn't have to make the postseason. And we were still content with that for four years, you know, but now you can't go four years without making the postseason. That's crazy. Yeah. So when you when when I when you say best candidate, it's like, well, in their it's going to be in their eyes, like their eyes, whoever they hire will be the best candidate. Yeah, definitely. And if it's Ryan Flaherty, like we're going to have to all swallow that pill and, and realize 
their their thought process is the best candidate for them was another first time manager. I mean, are you okay? If you could choose between Flaherty and Schilt, who would you choose? I would choose Mike Schilt, just because of the three year run in St. Louis. I, I would choose him because he's been a manager before. Uh, the, yes, the three year run in, in St. Louis, um, and I would uh, I would want someone with an experience. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably lean Schilt, but some of the stuff with Schilt we talked about today on John and Jim, I'm just like, hmm. He hasn't gotten an interview since leaving St. Louis. He had the blow-up situation in San Francisco, which was bizarre. He left St. Louis because of philosophical differences. Yes, he managed the Cardinals to three consecutive postseasons, but then again, they were in the midst of a period where they were in the postseason 15 consecutive years, maybe, or 15 out of 17, or whatever it was. It's like, yeah, legit talent, obviously, um, in St. Louis. So I don't I don't know. It may be 51-49 shield over Flaherty for me because like he's been with the Padres for a couple of years. He hasn't gotten any interviews since he's joined. I don't know. Like I, I'm just not fully sold. on my, Not that I'm fully sold on Ryan Flaherty either. Don't get me wrong. I'm not fully sold on either candidate, which is why I would open it up. Like, is this the best you can do with this $200 million payroll and Manny Machado and Juan Soto and future Hall of Famers? This is the best you can do? Is you're not going to go try to find someone that can get squeeze the most out of this group? I mean, it's probably not the best they can do, but what other options do they have? I know, I know the Benji Gill name has been brought up, um, because of his team, of his job with uh, Team Mexico and the WBC, and he's he's widely respected. Like, okay, but you have to think of who can not only manage this team but deal with the personalities in that clubhouse, especially Manny Machado. Like Manny Machado's gone through three different managers already in San Diego in five years. Mm-hmm. And it seems like none of them have been able to handle Manny Machado. Manny quit on Andy in 2019. Manny revolted against Tingler in 2021. And I wouldn't say Manny gave up on Melvin here, but like just everything that happened with Manny this year, um, I don't put that on Bob. I, I think, well, I don't, not that I don't put it on Bob. I don't, I don't put uh, like this rift between him and Bob. I just think that, that Manny kind of went a little rogue and had his own vision of things and completely got fucked up because of money or whatever the case may be with the, with the team. And so that's, that's the thing here is, is, is whoever you get better have the respect of Manny one and two be able to corral him when he starts going on the path uh, of, it's just baseball and fucking culture. Who, who cares? <laughs> you know, being, being being the guy that Manny is, which is you walk into the clubhouse and you, you put your finger up and you say, all right, which way is the Manny wind blowing today? Is it a good day or is it a bad day? And is there a manager it? that can do that, though? Like if Bob Melvin couldn't do it, is Mike Schilt the guy that can well, do it or Ryan Flaherty? Just, just hire Buck Walter. I'm just want like if all things are equal, like you said, can they do any better than Mike Schilt or Ryan Flaherty? Like I kind of think they should be able to. Well, to isn't Ryan Flaherty there in the first place to to for Manny? I'm gonna go hire a manager just for Manny. I mean, imagine they, that they have hired coaches just. I know for Manny. a manager just for Manny. Like that's. I know it's bullshit. Yeah, it'd be crazy. I'll run it back. Thank you. He says Yanni Molina as manager. No, it's not going to happen. No. I, I love him on like a staff, a coaching staff. I, that's not going to happen. I wouldn't think. Great name. 
unbelievable name. Yeah. Highly credible and reputable, but I, I don't see it. I'd be shocked if that happened, but I love that name. Uh, Martin, thank you for the super chat. He says uh, Preller was more genuine today than any time before. I said this, by the way. I got ripped for this. I felt he was reflective and took account of what he should do better. That said, too little, too late. I felt the exact same way. I felt the exact same way. Watch the whole 40-minute thing. Uh, I did think he was reflective. I did think he was willing to kind of take some level of blame for the relationship with Bob Melvin. Um, maybe not to the extent that some people wanted him to take, but I, I felt that same way today. But Jim disagrees. You know who really disagrees? Darnay. <laughs> called you an idiot. No, you um, called me an idiot, you idiot. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think uh, anything I heard today was like uh, this coming of Jesus moment for AJ or like this realization from him. There were there were things in there that were like, okay, it's nice. But overall, I didn't think it was anything particularly new from AJ. Um and you're you're already kind of viewing whatever he says in a different light because of what just transpired. It's really hard to take anybody to their at their word when they literally just said a week ago things wouldn't happen and things would happen and then they all got unraveled. It's really hard to take someone seriously when that happens. Uh, let me get to this here from uh, Kenny. Thank you, Kenny. He says, uh, we all know AJ will hire no one's ever heard of who he hires. Maybe. Could you imagine? Maybe. Like Another nobody, just complete rando. Rando, like Jace Tingler type. You're like, who the fuck is this guy? <sighs> they can't do that, right? No. Andy Green's interviewing today with Cleveland. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Bring him back. Yeah. No, I mean, if he got the job with the Guardians, I meant. That would be amazing if he got the job. Yes, he's not coming to San Diego, obviously. Uh, guys, if you're here, please uh, support our partners, including our friends over at Aura. Their co-founder, Will, is a lifelong Padres fan, a native San Diegan. Aura's got offices right here in San Diego. It's a great, great company with plant-based nutritional products. All of them are plant-based, including the probiotic that I take every single day for digestion, heart health, mental health, and more. If you're not taking a probiotic, you should. And the best one on the market is with our friends at Aura. They have pre-workout supplements. They have proteins for after workouts. They have omega-3 oils. For those of you that are taking fish oils, take Aura's omega-3 oils. Get the same health benefit. It's all plant-based. They have sleep pills, immunity pills, and more. Great company. Everyone wants to get healthier, whether it's yourself, your spouse, your family, your friends. Make sure to check them out. Support this channel. Support a local business. And again, check them out. Great products for you and your family, including that probiotic, including the proteins, the omega-3 oils, ORA.organic, or the link down below. Yep. Uh, go there right now. If you want to start being healthy and you want to start taking some supplements and you don't know where to begin, or is the place for you, www.ora.organic. Uh, go help our buddy Will out who is the co-founder of Aura, and uh, purchase some supplements, and you will thank us later. Juan Soto. Yes. According to Andy Martino at SNY, he covers the Mets and the Yankees. The Yankees have had a preliminary talk, at least, with the Padres about the idea of trading for Soto. There is a belief, according to Martino, that the right trade could pry Soto from the Padres this offseason, whether it's the Yankees or another team, we talked to Kyle Glazer, Baseball America, who covers minor league baseball. He didn't think the Yankees were a top five fit in terms of a return for the Padres across Major League Baseball. Um, but Juan Soto, 
could he be on the move as the Padres look to potentially lower their payroll this offseason? You know, the more I think about it, the more I view this as a feeler type of situation. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's anything serious at the moment. I do think that it's a feeler because they are viewing this situation and they 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 look what's going on and they're like, are they really going to be able to afford Juan Soto for the next season for thirty plus million dollars? Let's let's give them a call, see what's up. Right. You know, so I, I don't put like a lot of stock into this. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, he's going like what's shit, happening? he's going to the Yankees. It's happening. Get ready for it, everybody. I view it as more of like a feeler. But as time goes on, you're going to start seeing more and more feelers, and that's when we'll know. Uh, probably around the why probably around the uh baseball winter meetings mm-hmm. if these things are going to be real or not um are they going to be looking truly to trade Juan Soto and if they are truly looking to trade Juan Soto shame on all of them because yeah uh, you gave up a lot for Juan you envisioned him being here for three playoff runs and if you have him for one playoff run and you got rid of him with a year left on his deal here, at least I guess a year of arbitration left, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just add more to the fire of reasons why AJ should not be here. Yeah, that might go beyond AJ because now you're starting to talk about payroll issues as well. well same thing happened in Boston with Heim Bloom. He was under orders because they couldn't sign. Uh, Mookie Betts to trade him, but yet it still was on Heim Bloom, and he still got fired. Well, sure, right. At the end of the day, no, no doubt, the owners aren't going to get rid of each other. Um, but yeah, I mean, as the payroll goes up, as they extend out Manny Machado, we're led to believe that's because of Peter, not AJ. Um, but as that payroll continues to rise, if there's a mandate to lower the payroll, and maybe they're able to do it without moving Juan Soto, I would think that that would be the preference to do it without I moving hope. Juan Soto. But if you can get a real return that bolsters your 2024 roster and beyond, and you're saving money in the process as well, it's something that maybe they'll consider. You're going to hear Juan Soto rumors all offseason, including at the winter meetings. Will they do it? I'm not an advocate of them doing it, and I think it's a tough sell, and I don't see how you can win at a high level or as high of a level without Juan Soto. That, that's how I look at it. But for the betterment of the long term of the organization, maybe it is something that they would consider. Certainly, they'll consider it in season if they're not winning. I know that. But um, before the start of the season, giving up as much as you gave up to me is a is too much. It's too much to consider that. Uh, Tim says, "Thank you, Tim." Says losing AJ would be a big loss. We can't lose his great scouting. The fault here is Peter for not setting a hard line and letting people do their jobs. Um, I'm not faulting Peter. I was going to say, I'm not faulting Peter on that part of it. And I'm not saying losing AJ. I don't know. I mean, his, his scouting so legendary that you can't go on without his scouting ability. You're trolling. No one gives a shit about how great of a scout AJ is. Because guess what? It has not brought in wins. It has not brought in world series. It's not even brought a division title. No one gives a shit. And if you give a shit, then you're just a AJ Preller apologist, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't. I think he gets a lot of remarks for scouting that I don't know. I haven't necessarily seen it with the players that have at least reached San Diego. Maybe some of the players he's traded off, but it's not like he's traded all these five-time All Stars either. 
You know, it, it, yeah. it, the level of talent has been fine, but I don't think it's like top three in baseball. In fact, I know it hasn't been top three in baseball during AJ Preller's tenure. Uh, Run It Back says uh, getting stuck with Bogey instead of Soto is a big L. That's yeah, maybe that's it right there. Um, it's it's fascinating to see the ripple effect in a negative manner of the Xander Bogart signing, potentially. Now we have to see what happens and what transpires, right? I don't know if we'll, if we'll know next year. I don't know if we'll know two years from now, three. I don't know when. But the ripple effect of Xander Bogart's as of this moment is a very negative one. And it's like almost a, it's, like mal, it's almost malpractice. The fact that, they gave this guy $280 million and they didn't have to give him $280 million because he already had a shortstop in Hassan Kim who was mm-hmm. better defensively and honestly just as good offensively. This past year, yeah. This past year at least, yeah. You know, for like way less than half the price. And and if you signed Hassan Kim to a new contract to say 100, I'll say $135 million, okay? Even though projections show him as like a $150 million player. You're still saving over a hundred plus million dollars mm-hmm. by signing Hassan Kim to give you a better defense, younger player and around the same production offense. I mean, Xander's not a 850 OPS guy. He's not even no. an 800 OPS guy this year. Not this it, year. It, you know, he might be a career 300 hitter, but he's getting older and his defense is not as good as Hassan Kim. And they're looking to move him to first fucking base. Mm-hmm. The guy that can't hit you 25 bombs in a season at all. Right. Is going to be your first baseman who maybe will get you 20 in one year. But other than that, it's like, what are we doing? So it's, it's very interesting, the ripple effect if Soto leaves and obviously Bogart stays, right? Mm-hmm. What would have been if they never signed Xander Bogarts? How would this have shaped out? How would this be looking right now? Would Bob even would Bob still be here? Would they would have won? Would they have gone to the postseason? Would they be would they be talking about extending Juan Soto? Like the the signing of Xander at the time, we thought it was good because it was a shiny object, and it was like, of course, duh. How could this suck? But that's their like you say all the time, John. That's their job to figure it out, and that's their job to get it right. And as of right now, they haven't gotten I got it right. Yeah. I, I don't think Bogarts is the reason why they missed the postseason. I don't think he helped them get to the postseason. Um, and you could also say if they didn't sign Bogarts, where would they be moving forward? If they didn't sign Machado, yeah. Where would they be? I mean, just they let them sign walk. Darvish. But they didn't I, sign I mean, Cronoworth. Yeah. So it's like I, I put as much um like questions around all of them. And again, at the in the time, nobody's Nobody's criticizing any of it. Nobody's criticizing Bogarts. Nobody's criticizing Machado. Nobody's criticizing Darvish. But again, from that lens, their lens, like you're in charge of the organization. Um, if you didn't meet Machado's demands, and then ultimately he walked at the end of 2023, but you freed up $350 million, what would that mean? Would that put you in a better spot long term or not? Speaking of Soto, we didn't get to it, but the comments, not the comments, but the report from Kevin about Bob's preference yeah. to move Soto. The fuck is up with that? <laughs> yeah. So right, Kevin AC writing today that it's like widely known in the organization that 
Uh, Melvin's preference was to move Soto. I don't know if he was talking about at the previous trade deadline in July or this offseason. That is surprising to me. and also gives me um, some pause related to extending him. If Bob Melvin, who's in in there with him day in and day out for a year and a half, believes that you should move Juan Soto, then do you really want to give him 12 years, $400 million? If the guy that managed him for the last 200-plus games thinks you're better off without him, is he the guy you should give 400-plus million dollars to? And why is Bob Melvin feeling that way, if that is, in fact, accurate? What is the reasoning? Because he's not versatile? He doesn't give you flexibility? He's not clutch? Or he's not aggressive? Or do you view it negatively, as in, Bob's an idiot. What the fuck <laughs> is he thinking? How could you want to trade Juan know. Soto? Is There's it because he's tough to manage? Because, like you said earlier today, he wants to bat in a certain spot in the lineup. That makes it a challenge in creating a lineup card. Is, is he? Is there friction there in the clubhouse between Soto and, and Melvin is that it, is tough to work with? Is it? I don't know. I mean, maybe Juan just had his walls up the past two years. Maybe. You know, because he's not, this is not a forever home yet, right? This is not a, I got my contract place. And we talked about how amazing he was at the All-Star game. You're like, where has that Juan Soto been? Mm -hmm. By the way, has Juan Soto talked like, one-on-one on, -one on, a, on a media platform at all in San Diego, other than scrums? I don't know. I mean, I feel like he's around the media a good amount. Like, But I don't know if one-on-one. -on -one, I don't know. Did Marty ever talk to him just separately on YouTube if I went back and searched through videos? Maybe. Maybe a couple times. I don't know. I'm just getting, I'm just getting at, like... Did he talk to non-English, you know, first reporters? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. You just don't see a lot of Juan Soto out. Like, I don't know, man. It's it's a weird thing. And I think whenever he signs his deal for whatever team, I think a lot of Padres fans will be like, what the fuck was that Juan Soto at? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I personally, like if I was ranking what's most likely, Preller here in 2025, Soto here in 2025, the next manager here in 2025, I'd go Preller. Preller. Manager, manager Soto. Soto. Yeah, I don't think Soto's going to be here because I don't think they can afford for him to be here. They might love this guy. They might want to do everything in their power to keep him. Mm -hmm. But when like the pen hits the paper and he turned down 440, and even if you get him for like 425, like 425, yeah. they don't have it. And so and, how are they going to do it? And here's the thing, too. Soto and Boris have seen the money that's been given out to this franchise by this organization mm -hmm. to players. You don't think Soto's sitting there thinking to himself, I'm the best fucking hitter on this team. If you're right. going to offer me anything, you better go fucking above and beyond because you gave, frankly, guys that can't even lift my fucking jock all this money. I don't know if he thinks that, but like... Yeah, I don't know. Like, Juan Soto's a better player than Xander Bogarts. Juan Soto is a more valuable player than you, Darvish. Juan Soto's mm -hmm. a better player than Jake Cronenworth. I think Juan Soto in his hearts believes he's a better player than Manny Machado. I think Juan Soto thinks he's a better player than Fernando Tatis Jr. Mm -hmm. And for that, and with the agent that you have in Scott Boris, you're thinking to yourself, why are you making me a priority right now instead of giving all these guys money? Now maybe it's, maybe it's a, a Boris thing, like, hey, we're not doing this until free agency, obviously, but 
if you decide that you're going to make me a priority, you better go above and beyond. And I don't know if the Padres can do that. Like, like you said, man, it's, it's interesting. I just don't see the motivation. If I'm Juan Soto to sign an extension when Scott Boris is my agent, what's going to happen in 2024. That's going to lower my value. I mean, be on a bad team you're gonna have a bad year i don't think it's reason enough to go sign before you hit free agency unless they completely blow you out of the water and it's 580 million yeah exactly something crazy and i don't yeah i don't see how they could possibly do that if they're not able to like they're having issues with their debt right now and they can go sign a player to 500 million dollars that that doesn't seem to make any sense um alex thanks man for the super chat he says positive note old school wrap-up show font yeah, tell us about this. Well, it's kind of a new look for us, though, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, I don't think it's old school. It might look <laughs> old school. It's like the exact Padres jersey font, just with like a 3D, you know, look. I like it. It reminds me of a carnival. This is a carnival. Padres. Yeah, I like it. it, it I like it, it a lot. It fits very well. Um, yeah, Hector Gomez has said that, are you okay? No. Hector Gomez has said that Soto likes San Diego. Um, he's replied to people's tweets about, I don't know, a preference to be here. I'm making it up, but you've seen the tweets, you know, he's been very positive towards Soto and San Diego, but I I don't know if that's accurate or not. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, of course he likes San Diego. Of course, he would want to stay here if they offered him the right money. Mm-hmm. Like you, you would almost stay anywhere if you were offered the right things. Like you know, it, it wouldn't be that hard <clears throat> if 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 uh, you got offered a deal that was just like I ain't going to no. But I'm very much nah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if I was offered right now nine hundred grand to go to Minneapolis, but you're not in Minneapolis or in San Diego. Same thing with Juan. He's not in, like, yeah. What I'm saying, would Minnesota. you take? Would you take? Okay, you he's not in Kansas City. He's in San Diego. And so, with that, it's like, of course, he wants to stay here. <laughs> yeah, but I think, and Jim's literally dying. I think the Padres have to overspend to keep Jeez. position players here. I think yeah. you overspend on Machado because these guys don't post the same numbers here you overspend on bogarts because they know bogarts knows he's not getting his numbers you know you're gonna have to overspend on soto because Soto's gonna water down his numbers for the entirety of his career if he was in philadelphia it would be he would have at least another 10 home runs on his 10 home runs and maybe every year more doubles yeah every year i mean even five home runs every year for 10 years is 50 home runs so you're impacting your numbers, but again, if you're going to get paid to do it, then I think it's probably worth the risk from their perspective. Dying. You're dying. All right. Um, okay, real quick here, guys. A reminder, underdogfantasy.com, the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. You can do so right now. If you use promo code PODSWRAP, P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P, you're going to get a 100% deposit match up to $500. If you deposit $10 or more, you can mute your mic. If you deposit $10 or more, you will get a deposit match. $10 becomes 20, 20 becomes 40, 100, 200, so on and so forth. Pick them contest going on right now across all sports, including NBA action. It is opening week in the NBA. You can pair any NBA game with any NFL game, with any Major League Baseball World Series game. So easy to do, so simple to play. 
And, uh, you know, three play pick them. 30 bucks pays 180. You can insure it, get just two out of three right, and still win. Again, underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code PODDRAP and get that 100% deposit match up to $100. You can draft best and easiest place to draft across all sports. You draft or do an auto draft. They take care of the rest. No waivers, no trades. They set your lineup. If you're looking for a great place, place to play fantasy sports, take advantage of our promo code PODDRAP, P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P, and get a 100% deposit match up to $100. J.D. Gaucho, thank you. Before we get out of here tonight, um, no, we're not. Are we getting wrap-up shows for the World Series? We are not. But if the Padres no. are the World Series, we will. By the way, not this is... Not um, for the other teams. This will be the my last wrap-up show. Ever. Breaking news, everybody. This is my last wrap-up show. Because you died? In this house. So Right, because you're moving. Yeah, I'm moving. I will have my own studio soon. So this is it, guys. This is my last wrap-up show here. Steve, and by the way, thinking the same thing, man. Prayers for Maine. Terrible situation that plays out way too often in America and around the world. Horrific situation that nobody ever wants to be anywhere near. Um, But it's a fact of life, sadly, and a terrible one. And yes praying for those affected by just utter craziness in Maine tonight. Join us tomorrow, John and Jim, San Diego Sports 760. We're broadcasting downtown, actually, from a San Diego State basketball event. Getting you ready for the upcoming 2023-24 season, talking Padres baseball as well. Um, Before we get out of here, please subscribe. You're on content for Padres fans. Smash the like button for us. Follow us on Twitter at John Schaefer, at Jim Russell SD. Looking at Jim is making me sick. Uh, Thank you for the super thanks. If you are here on replay, please support our partners. Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance, our title sponsor. Any insurance need, Mark can save you money. Click the link in the description down below. Aura, if you're looking to get healthier, plant-based nutritional products, ORA.organic. Underdog (laughs) Fantasy. You can hit mute. Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code PODSRAP, P-A-D-S-W. RAP, get that 100% deposit match up to $500 for Struggling Jim. I'm John. This has been The Wrap-Up Show. See you guys tomorrow, 3 p.m. Bye-bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.